Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the mass combat system from Ultimate Campaign. This is part of our 400 series all about alternate rule systems. And this episode is sponsored by Zachary Gestell. Thanks, Zach. No, no, don't, don't thank Zach. Don't reward this behavior. What behavior? Giving us money? I very much want to reward that. I do. <laughs> Putting and if, us through and the if pain. All I have to do to reward financial transaction are words. I'm very amenable to that situation. Oh, there's some things that just aren't worth money, Caleb. Money really isn't anything. I have integrity. I have honor. I have morals. And this one against all of them. I like the phrase is usually money isn't everything, but you said money isn't anything. <laughs> It's nothing. Do you understand me? I work because of the satisfaction I get from helping people with their computer problems, Caleb. I'm a programmer, all right? I'm not a moneymaker. That's not the title of my position. <laughs> Oof. All right, so let me read from the book what the mass combat rules are. Quote, these rules provide an abstract narrative mass combat system that will let you rapidly play out a complex battle scenario without getting bogged down in excessive detail while still retaining fidelity to strategy, tactics, and the realities of the battlefield. These rules are not intended to accurately represent complex wars, provide a highly tactical simulation, or accurately model a tactical warfare miniatures game. Instead, they are intended to incorporate warfare into a campaign while still staying primarily focused on traditional small-scale adventuring and role. I recently learned Warhammer 40k 8th edition. I've never played Warhammer before. It always looked really interesting, and it was a lot of fun, but with how much fun it was and how much strategic depth there was came with a lot of complication so here when they say we're trying to not provide so much complication it does sort of end up resulting in something that is sort of stripped down is sort of basic but i gotta say having played warhammer a couple times now mass combat systems can be a lot of fun so i guess the question is whether or not this mass combat system is going to be a lot of fun i just want to put out there my disdain for this it's it's a personal thing it's that this isn't my fantasy. I don't want to be an army. I don't want to control an army. I don't want to be a leader in an army. I don't want to be a soldier in an army. It's just something that I have no interest in. When I play role-playing games, I always like to be a character. I am a single character, and that is my effect on the world. It's, it's similar to like how I don't want to drive vehicles in a video game. Like It's just something I don't want to do. I like being a person with that person's abilities. I don't like taking on the abilities of like a mech suit or an army or a vehicle. It's just nothing I want to do. Christian, I was prepared to say to you that the answer to this question is going to determine whether or not our friendship continues. And I was going to ask you, do you think a mech suit counts as a vehicle? But then you use the words <laughs> mech suit, Christian. And I just want to say that the only reason we're continuing this episode together is because we got paid to. Because I want to abandon you right now. Mech suits are wonderful. There, you're there wrong. Is, there is and a you small feel bad for your opinion. There is a small denomination of money on the line here. And I will not throw that away because, you know, like mech suits. <laughs> If I could buy a mech suit with the money I just got from Zach, thanks Zach for sponsoring this episode. Zach sponsored this episode. Thank you, Zach. Uh, I would. <laughs> Clear as So let's uh, let's get into the into the system. First thing we're going to talk about are the battle phases. How do you fight each? I don't need to explain a battle phase to you. You're an adult. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you took it the class in high school. You know what a battle phase is. <laughs> what class would that be, Christian? Uh, our Aren't we all obligated to take army training in America? When you think about it, isn't history just his story? Wow. <laughs> how, how patriarchal. 
Oh no, you've caught me. Each side has armies and they're going to act as single units for the sake of stats. They get their own stat sheet. They take up one space, which in this case is going to be one hex. You're going to use a hex battle map because what I want to do for an alternate system that is stripped down and minor is buy a whole new battle mat. Well, usually, the, the mat I have, if you just flip it over, the other side is hexes. Well, my mat didn't. And each hex is going to equal 12 miles. You're basically using the overland traveling system that was also introduced in Ultimate Campaign, I believe. I guess. We're not sure. We're guessing here, really, honestly. <laughs> so, we have the three phases. Tactics phase, ranged phase, and melee phase. So, the tactics phase, each side, or each army, is going to choose one tactic for the battle. Tactics are sort of like feats. They'll give you something special. So, for example, let's let's look at a couple. Let's look at Calvary Experts. Your army's offense increases by two against armies that aren't mounted. And let's look at Relentless Brutality. Your army throws caution to the wind and attacks with savage and gory vigor. You increase your offense by four and decrease your defense by four. So there's sort of basic feats here. A lot of them involve simply either increasing your attack value or decreasing or increasing your defense value. Once in a while, it's a, like an ability, like False Retreat lets you pretend to retreat so your next round you can get a surprise attack sort of deal. You can change your tactics at the start of every phase, but you need to make a DC 15 morale check. Morale is a stat on your army stat sheet. And in this phase, also, the GM chooses the battlefield condition. Is it raining? Are you in fortification? Is there fog? These all will give certain modifiers to the army stats. And then there are some rules about how uh, a force can change the battlefield before a battle. So, example, you use a spell like Move Earth, you can change the terrain to be advantageous to you, something like that. They actually line out rules that say, if you have a spellcaster, these are the certain conditions that a spell needs to meet to actually affect on, on an army scale. So it needs to affect, like, so many people. It has to have a range of so much for it to actually be a usable army combat spell. There's going to be a lot of, like, that munition that we're just kind of going to glaze over for the sake of this. So after you pick what tactics each army is using, then you move on to the range phase. This is the armies are running at each other to punch each other, and the archers are taking pot shots as they move in. So you can only use the range phase if your army has some means of attacking at a range. Both sides attack at the exact same time, so it is possible to kill each other. So you're going to make an OM check versus a DV check. Caleb, these are weird stats. What do they mean? Well, OM, which is your offensive modifier, versus your DV, which is your defensive value. Essentially, it's your attack mod versus your AC. But why use the same stats as you're familiar with? That would just help you. Uh, the only difference between normal attacks is you actually need higher than the AC or the DV here. And the tie will go to the defender. Because the way damage is actually dealt is you don't roll another damage value afterwards. You just take the difference and that will equal damage. So if I roll a 10 and their DV is 9, I've done 1 damage. And if you get a natural 1, can't attack on your next round. So combat is a bit swingy. It is running damage off of a D20, which can, you know, a 1 versus a 20, huge difference. With armies who have HP like 5, the D20 can be, swing a huge difference. In our test game, because Christian and I, we did a whole battle with 6 armies to see what would happen and, and, and learn the rules and get used to them, which we will attach at... At the end of this episode, we're going to put it there for you guys. Because why not? You, you paid money. All right. Well, Zach paid money. Thank him. So why not hear us? And um, I dare to say, we, we had a little bit of fun. <laughs> not 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 because of mass combat, just because me and Caleb are good friends and it was funny. It had nothing to do with the rules <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we were actually friends. doing. Um, are we, though? 
Uh, so one of the, one of our battles literally essentially just lost immediately. We kill each other, and the the other battles went to like nine different attacks. So it really can swing very highly with this sort of OM versus DV battle system. Third phase is the melee phase. So you're going to pick a melee strategy, which is sort of a simple modification to your OM and your DV. So for example, if you pick the defensive strategy, you'll get a plus four to your DV and a minus four to your OM. And when you deal damage, you subtract six. If you pick the aggressive strategy, you're going to get a minus two to your DV, a plus two to your OM, and you get to add three to any damage rolls. Now, on the forums, there was some confusion about this. So to be clear, the extra damage, when you do damage, you just add this number. So say my OM equaled your DV, so I wouldn't do any damage. But if my OM is one over your DV, so I would do one damage, then you add the, say, plus six for being reckless. So just a small note here, I think reckless is really the only one you should ever pick. Because you have to kill the other army. We did do some, some uh, in our stats, we did like a defensive versus reckless, which sort of countered each other's bonuses a little bit, just to sort of test out. And I tried doing a more defensive battle. I tried to stay in, you know, strong positions, fortifications, and pick defensive stuff. And, and yeah, you, you wrecked me even with a lower value army. I mean, when you look at it, when you do reckless, you're getting plus four to your offense and then a plus six to damage dealt. Because your offense directly relates to your damage, that's basically saying plus 10 damage whereas defensive whereas with defensive it's a plus four to your defense value but you deal six less damage you're only reducing incoming damage by four yeah it, it was tough because when i would do damage the minus six generally meant almost did nothing it, it really does it, it looks like it's on parity but it really isn't in my opinion in my opinion the damage dealt i think was a mistake i think that should have just been removed altogether yes but that's the way that is <laughs> damage then- was a mistake <laughs> Then we have our melee phase. The range phase just lasts for one attack. That's it. The range phase is over. This wasn't very clear to me. Christian helped explain this to me. But the way I read this, I thought the range phase could take place at any point. You're making range attacks. But no, it's it's only ever if you guys collide in battle. You do have the option of not entering melee. So you can make a ranged attack and then just choose not to enter melee. And if both armies make that choice, you can just sit there shooting at each other with just ranged attacks. But if one army decides to rush up, then that's that. So the melee phase. At the start of each attack, you can pick your strategy track. You can change what you're at. If you go up just one step, there's five steps here. It doesn't take a check. But if you're going to move anything more than one step, you need to make a DC 20 morale check. So I can go from defensive to reckless? Yes. Just if I make it's DC 20 morale check, I think that's pretty hard to do. Let's look. Let's look at here. Let's look at a pretty big example army that's got 1,600 XP. Their morale is... The max you can ever have is plus four. Morale is is something that uh, sticks with individual armies based off of their previous combat experience. We'll talk a little bit more in a second about the how this system kind of assumes persistent armies. But yes, with a max of plus four, it's not an easy check. Your commander may be able to give you a bonus to that in some way. So those are the three phases. Once you finish your melee phase, then it's time for two other armies to clash. So one thing to keep in mind is that there isn't just killing as the only way to defeat an enemy. If you can bring their HP down equal to their ACR, which is another stat on their stat block, ACR is army challenge rating because you know just keeping a challenge rating would be too easy uh which is normally a a low number like one two or three 
Uh, so, you know, the higher XP will get up to like seven and the like, but it's never really double digits. So if you're reduced to that ACR or less, you have to make a DC 15 morale check or flee slash surrender, giving the opposing enemy a free attack on you before your army can escape and get saved. This is sort of, in Warhammer, people are familiar with this, you know, if you kill a certain number of units of a, a boy. Units, I'm going to use StarCraft terminology, a certain number of models in a unit they can flee as well so let's move over to these army stats that we're talking a little bit about each army gets a commander the commander adds a few bonuses to the army stats they add their charisma modifier and part of their profession soldier skill to the morale checks and since your morale can only ever be four at the most this is a big help for that your commander also can confer boons to your army. They can know a certain number of boons. There are 11 to choose from, and they're almost similar to tactics. They're small bonuses that they confer. The number of boons you can pick depends on your profession soldier skill and the number of victories that commander has had. So let's look at a couple, for example. Let's see, hold the line. The commander is skilled at convincing the army to maintain morale against dangerous opponents. If the army fails a morale check to avoid a rout, it may reroll that check. That's pretty cool. There's live off the land. The commander makes the army trap game, hunt, and fish to augment its food supplies. And this interacts with an idea of consumption. As your army moves on the overland map, they're supposed to be consuming some amount of resources every day, every time they move, and you got to keep that in check to make sure that they stay fed. Defensive tactics, the commander is especially good at defensive tactics, increase the army's DV by two. Next part of an army's stats is equipment. There's not a huge list here, but there's things like raged weapons, mounts, improved weapons, siege engines, healing potions, and improved armor. That's the full list, actually. And they each have a BP associated with it, which I think is build points. There's a lot of new acronyms here. I need a freaking key. I need a legend to know what all these mean. But now let's talk about the thing that I think is the coolest part of an army stats, and that's the special abilities. These are special modifications based on special abilities of the units composing your army. For example, if you have an army of clerics, they get channel positive energy. If there's, say, an army of oozes, they would be mindless. In that case, mindless means that the army never fails morale checks, but must always use standard tactics and strategy. <laughs> I'd like to see you defeat my gelatinous cubes. Caleb, I have to ask, do they do they ever define what BP is? Uh, not in this section. I, I figured it was earlier in the book they must have, but no. Oh, because okay. Oh, nah. book build is... points. It is build points. I was right. <laughs> Good job. All right, were you concentrating so much on BP, you missed my army of oozes? They're cute, whatever. <gasps> I, I, I don't know whether to be offended or very excited that you called my my gelatinous cubes cute. I guess now they're all blushing. They all got a little red <laughs> ooze inside them now. They're mindless, uh, right? Yeah, but they all there's about 100 special abilities listed. And honestly, I think this is really the part that sets armies apart. When we had our, our test battle, really, that was the most interesting thing. Oh, you had poison. Oh, well, your Durgar had a resistance to poison. Oh, this guy had this or that. These were cool things. And they take a lot of the class abilities of classes. So if you have an army of rogues, it's possible for them to get the bleed talent, which, you know, rather than representing as it literally is... It says use the bleed ability. They can get sneak attack, which just means that they're better when ambushing or flanking other armies. In my opinion, the most this is the most customizable part. Because this was ultimate campaign, though, a lot of new classes aren't going to show up here. So when you run into an occultist, like, what the heck does an army of occultists do? 
It would be weird to have an army full of occultists. I don't know how you would gather that money in large numbers. For me, as a creative person, this would be the part where I would mess with the rules, where I could create my own rules and add to the game. Okay, occultists, let me look at the ability to see how that would translate. And they have some pretty open ones. They have stuff like teleportation. So, I mean, occultists can learn to teleport, so you could just take ones that exist and change them a little bit. Or if you had a spiritualist... You could just rework the teleportation, say, like, because spiritualists can go through walls. Well, teleportation allows you to ignore fortifications, which fits perfectly, I think. Then there is almost 50 example armies and rules how to make armies out of any creature. And in my opinion, this is fantastic because I don't want to have to go through making these stats. There's a reason I use bestiaries. This is your bestiary for your mass combat. And also, one of the armies listed is the Tarrasque. Most armies are between 400 to 800 XP. A few of them are 1,200 or 1,600. Very few of them are 2,400. The Tarrasque is 102,400. Christian, or Tessin, we should have all versed a Tarrasque. Yeah, wait till one of us roll a 20 and it's dead. Uh, its HP is 93. Okay, well, that's a lot. Its OM is 21. Okay. Tactics, defensive wall, relentless brutality, siege breaker, spell breaker, withdraw, special, a whole bunch! It's immune to everything. It has regeneration 40. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I don't know how you could defeat it with stat blocks presented. Uh, but the stat blocks are surprisingly compact. They're usually between, you know, six to, you know, seven or eight lines. Very small. It's really perfect, honestly. It was very easy. It only took us about like five, maybe ten minutes of preparation of picking out stat blocks and figuring out, okay, this is how this army is going to act versus this army. So as Caleb mentioned, as part of this being the ultimate campaign, it's kind of assuming that your armies are persistent. You are using them during, say, the Kingmaker adventure path, or you're using them over a long period of time over a war. So a lot of the things inferred from their stat blocks are assuming or get built upon if they keep winning or if they eventually lose. So when you defeat an army, you roll a D100 on a table, and it determines what happens to the commander of that army, whether they are killed, whether they are captured by the enemy army, or if they escape. And then there are rules involving how to get a captured commander back from an enemy army. When your army gets routed, it's not necessarily that everyone's dead, it's just that a lot of them died, and they got scattered, and now they can't fight as a unit. So when you route, you permanently are reducing your morale stat by one. Uh, you heal up to your challenge rating, and you refuse. That army will not fight until a certain amount of time has passed. You gotta make a check even after that time. Though your army will still defend itself if at some point, like, you know, the army moves into your base or something, and they get attacked, they'll defend. When you are victorious in combat as an army, you permanently increase your morale by one, up to that cap of four, and you also heal, again, your army challenge rating, and you also gain a new tactic. And then a lot of this is assuming you're using the kingdom-building rules, so it goes back to, oh, well, you have to go to your settlement or your kingdom, and it's going to take this amount of resources from your kingdom or this amount of money from your kingdom to get your commander back. If you win, your commander is also going to get some benefits. He's going to recover hit points, according to his ACR, every day. If you had no commander in your army, you're going to lose one morale per week. You can counteract that by giving them double consumption, which is part of the kingdom building rules again. Uh, consumption is like a, a reoccurring cost, which like your army resources, giving them horses and stuff like that, adds to your cost. And you are draining resources from your kingdom, from your settlement that you are ruling to fuel your army. 
So it's kind of intrinsically tied back to that. You technically don't need to use those rules. You can just say that the army's resources are fine, but it's all written as if you are using those rules. So you'll have to do a little bit of work if you're not actually using kingdom building. And that is the mass combat rules. That's going to be a yikes for me, dog. (laughs) Why is yikes just like the perfect descriptive? (laughs) Like, ooh, yikes it's like i know exactly what he means yeah this this is a bit of a yikes from me a little Let bit not me, not as bad as i made it sound but uh, i think i don't know christian you, you were railing on it pretty hard let me talk some positives i like how they put a lot of the flavor into the rules for example for the natural one rule quote due to some setback a misheard order getting stuck in mud and so on unquote then it tells you this stuff will happen or Quote, normally only enemy armies do so, but an aggressive or evil army might strike at a fleeing allied army out of anger or frustration. Or, quote, the mass combat rules assume that this healing is a combination of actual wound healing and gaining new units to replace those who were killed, meaning you don't have to track individual losses and resize armies. Then it goes on to tell you where you might recruit these replacements from. All of this is entrenched in trying to facilitate the role-playing part of it, which is what this, what they said at the beginning this is going to be about. This isn't about a comprehensive, cool, mass combat system. This is about role-playing, and then in the role-playing, you're going to have combat with armies. And I'll say a positive, too. I like the abilities that you'd mentioned, like the mindless and the sneak attack. I actually liked the way that they did the army stat blocks. They are very concise and condensed. And I liked being able to figure out, okay, what combination of tactics can this use to be effective? I just picked a random army that fit within our XP cost. I picked the Tengu army, and I was interested to find out, well, it's it's an army of rogues. So how does the sneak attack ability and how it operates with armies interact with their expert flanking ability? Um, How does this work with false retreating? It was very easy to manipulate their stat blocks when they use these different kinds of tactics. I think they succeeded in that front. What's that? The only part about this system that you like is the ways you can power game it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I like what you were saying, too. I think they did a phenomenal job of tying flavorful reasons for why the army acts this way back to mechanical reasons. And they kept it concise. Like, if you look at poison, it's like, well, poison acts as bleed. And if they have burn, well, burn acts as bleed. A lot of these things act as bleed, and it's just they take 1d6 damage next turn. It would be my recommendation that you consider the battlefield highly. In games like StarCraft, and I've experienced in Warhammer, the maps can introduce new strategies, new metas, etc. They're very important to games like this. Now, obviously, it's going to be less important when the game's not as complicated, like the mass combat rule system is here. However, the battlefield is very important. I would consider heavily how you design that. Now, when we made our combat, we had places on the map that were X terrain. It was raining here. It was snowing here. It was fortified here. Uh, That actually didn't really work out as well. And I don't think it was as intended. I guess it was a little experiment on what wasn't intended. The intention, it appears, is that each battle, which could take hours or even a day, that's why step one was GM determined the conditions. Okay, guys, it's raining now. The problem, there's a small problem with that is if it's the same benefit and detriment to both armies, it doesn't feel like it makes that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, the only time it really matters if it's like, say, dark outside, one army has dark vision, the other doesn't. Well, now there's no, it's breaking parity, but most of the times it's just, okay, we both have the exact same penalty. It's just going to slow combat down. 
and then trying to fix that the way I did with having certain spots on the map certain ways just resulted in us avoiding those spots. The only thing that was an exception to that was the fortification, which is supposed to be determined ahead of time based on, you know, the actual map. So I think it's important to, to deal with your map, but these battlefield modifiers that they kind of put in here aren't the way to do that. You're going to have to find other ways. My biggest issue with this system is the fact that the OM and DV system is so ridiculously swingy. Most of your attack bonuses are actually fairly small. They don't really break plus six unless you start using certain tactics. And even then, it's really all decided by the d20 roll. Whoever rolls really high first is going to do a huge hit to the other army. Like, imagine if you had a weapon that dealt 1d20 damage. I mean, taking 1 damage versus taking 20 damage, that is a huge difference. I fully agree. The rules are very strange when it comes to, like, movement before combat. And by strange, I mean they don't talk about it at all. And just movement during combat, it feels weird that you can only ever make one ranged attack and you can't have an army, you know, firing range from behind another army. It's just very sort of odd when it comes to range, in my opinion. Yeah, here, let me, Christian, can I share something with you? I really want to share something with you about siege weapons. The siege weapons give a bonus during the melee phase, and they don't have anything to do with range. It's because they, I assume they break down fortification bonuses? Correct. At the end, yes, end of each melee phase, yes, melee phase, you reduce the enemy's bonus to DV from fortifications by 1D4 per siege engine in your army. It's sort of very unclear about how many you can have in each army. Just, I don't like it. I like it. it. It's very abstract. And a lot of things that they wrote, like actually reading the rules, they're editing mistakes, I feel. Or maybe I'm not understanding it, but when you read the actual portion for the ranged phase of the battle phase, yeah, there are phases and phases, that was a really good idea, but in the battle phase, you have the tactics phase and the range phase. The range phase says that this phase typically lasts for one round, but the word round is literally never used at any other point during this. I've looked for it, I don't understand what they mean by one round. Rounds are not a concept here, really. Oh, in the uh, one of the default armies I picked when we went to do our little example, I picked an elven army, and they were like snipers, and they had the ability sniper support. Sniper support says uh, you do extra damage during melee combat, but you require the ranged attacks. You need ranged attacks to use this. The army didn't have ranged attacks. It literally had a useless ability. I had an army of orcs that had light blindness. The army decreases its OM and RV by two in bright light. Christian, what is RV? The Winnebago. Throw it out. There's no utilities to hook it up to here on this battlefield. It's gotta be DV. It's we, I mean, it's, it's pretty obviously DV, but it says RV right there in the book. Baked it to the crust. There's no, like, rules for just if you want to do some mass combat battle. Like, how many battle points do you... Or whatever BP stands for. Do you get start off with? Do you do a point by with with experience? Nothing. I assume maybe those rules are somewhere in the kingdom building rules. We just sort of did a point by using XP, but there's no real setup rules. It's assuming a lot of it is like, which is normally in Pathfinder. I love. Don't tell me how the frick I'm going to run my game. I, I will get my players in a combat the way I want to. But here, I would have actually liked it a little bit. Here's a strange thing. The strength of this system, in my opinion, it's swiftness to let you get back to role playing. However, they're entrenched in kingdom building rules 
which want you to have mass combats over and over again, want you to extend them, want you to make them a big part of your role playing. So that kind of counteracts it, in my opinion. So I would like these rules to be able to quickly set up a battle and pick my armies and things like that, but they're not there. They're not playing to their strength. I did used a modified version of the mass combat rules did once. Did you used it, Christian? I did use it. Was it fun it. when you used, I, I used it? it? I used it real well, real goody. I did uh, use some stuff in the past as well. So I can, I, should I just reset it or you going to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> here, I was, here, let me, I'll answer that question for you. Editor, leave it all in. How about that? There's, there's the answer <laughs> to your question. I was in a campaign and the idea is that a fortress... Really, Christian, were you in a campaign? Is I was that how running. You say that word? I was running. Is that a, how you say that word? I was running a campaign. <laughs> campaign? What? Caleb, I'm about to cause you a lot of campaign. Oh, no. <laughs> You're saying it right. I just wanted to make you feel embarrassed. But the idea is that there was a Hell Knight Fortress. It was being sieged, and everyone kind of had their own groups that they were associated with. Someone was associated with the Hell Knights. Someone was associated with, like, a bunch of Highlanders. Someone was associated with, like, this prince in the place that he was from. So when the bandits yeah, ended up sieging this fortress, I... Universe. What? <laughs> Highlander. Uh, <laughs> Queen, keep going. So instead of having, do they have a trait where they can only die if you cut off their head? Oh no, we only have bows and arrows. We can't defeat them. All my players ended up really liking it. I instead of it being armies, your quote unquote army was like a gathering of like five to six people with you as the commander, and they attacked as one big unit, which I represented with Ov and Dv, and then each of the PCs was their own commander, and then their class abilities conferred something to it. They ended up liking it a lot, and some cool stuff happened, like one of my players' armies got routed, and he was the last one left, and they had a druid friend, and the druid friend sent in, like, wolves, and the wolves became his small army that he was running around with. Uh, But again, it was heavily modified to keep it more closer to the role-playing, to keep it more personal to the players, rather than being these giant armies that are almost faceless in a sense and also allowed me i had to fine-tune the oms and dvs just so that swinginess wouldn't happen well we have to keep in mind that neither of us really know too much or have used too much of the kill the kingdom building rules a lot of this is trying to be entrenched in that it's gonna color our opinion a little bit but i will say i could see a campaign revolving around recruiting equipping and and managing these armies over several combats the way they're supposed to be persistent it seems interesting to me all of that and the least interesting part of that is the actual combats because trying the system it wasn't really all that much fun which kind of puts a damper on the kingdom building rules for me reading this i almost thought of the exact opposite where i wanted to have a campaign with like phantom armies so they didn't have to eat and you didn't have to like supply them so you skipped out on all that stupid bookkeeping and kingdom rules and instead have armies that you're moving around the map that help you move to get the places you need to go and Christian, that's what makes it such a good podcasting couple you've got these <laughs> different opinions bring them in create a cool episode and if you thought this was episode was cool you can thank zach we want to thank him again for sponsoring the episode. Yeah, thanks, if you Zach. want to sponsor an episode. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> like Zach did. Appreciate visit it, Zach. our site and click on sponsor an episode. Give me a fist bump. And you too can mm. torture Christian or just make us do an episode on your favorite topic. It was great. <laughs> and you should thank Zach. Because of Zach, we're going to add this extra part here at the end. After the credits roll, after the outro, we're going to have our, our, our little battle that we did. Christian, any final words? For about the mass combat system, not for Zach, but about the, <laughs> ma- 
don't need any insults on my podcast. I think every campaign reaches a point where this is an option. It's just a matter of trimming it down and picking and choosing the pieces that will work for you. And I think this is set up in a good way that it, you can do that. There are good bits and pieces to pull out of this and then modify to your specific campaign and its scenarios. I don't foresee me using this in the future, unfortunately. Uh, I think I might continue to do what I usually do with my mass combat, which is I just have my PCs fighting while stuff's happening around them. If I'm ever going to do a mass combat, I think I would do something like pick a well-known game like Warhammer or something to reflect it instead, since those rules are so much more flushed out. Though, though teaching my players Warhammer does not seem like a fun time. It took me like... Gosh darn, hours and hours and hours and hours to learn that system. But we're not talking about we're, we're done, we're done. Mass combat is over. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Watch out, Zach. <laughs> Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. So yeah, choose the army. Choose where you want your commander to be. Just don't tell me which army it's in. And then I get since normally you're not. We're not like normally playing Warhammer. Where, you know, we take turns placing armies, but we are going to have to do that now. So why don't we go back and forth and we'll just roll right now to see who goes first. Roll a d20. The highest person will get to place first. Okay, we place first, and then we'll go back and forth. I mean, do I place them anywhere? Do I have, like, a range I can place them? You want to split the board uh, left and right or top and bottom? Let's do top and bottom. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should do left and right, because I feel like I would just take the high ground. Which I guess wouldn't matter, because we have to be in the same hex to fight each other. It's not like I could shoot arrows down at you, right? Right, right. Uh, in which case, I would just slow it down. I'll place my orc army. What's S-A mean? S-A is Sandstorm. That's S-N is Snowstorm. Place my elite army commandos here. And then I'll just do this and this checkmate, Caleb. <laughs> You've defeated me. <laughs> All right, so they're pretty far back. I will send my Tengu army. Scale on the cliffs, they can glide down and terrorize you from above. I'll put them right about here. Okay, I will... I'll put my jet army here and consider them inside that. You see the dot there? Dot. That means they're inside the fortification. Sure. Uh, your turn. Uh, so last I have my Durgar army. Oh, we're assuming this water is like impassable, right? Shoot. I should. Yeah. I mean, what if it's frozen though? It's like cliffs and bridge. Cliff. Cliffs and the water. I should have picked something with the amphibious quality. <laughs> I should have picked something with the climb quality. I I actually saw the lizard folk. I was thinking about. It, but I was like, I won't cheese it. Uh, Durgar. My Durgar's uh right about here. And then we'll have my orc horde, my horde of orcs. <laughs> Alright, I'm ready. Okay, so do we roll, I mean, do we all move at once? Boy, I wish the rules told us. <laughs> <laughs> well, stage uh, stage one, tactics phase. You, 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 you wrote down which army your commander's in, right? Correct. Alright, the GM decides the battlefield modifiers apply to the battle. We did that together instead. The commanders each select a tactic their respective armies will use during the battle. Alright, my Durk, my Durk, my Drow army is going to pick. Oh, by the way, so it's, I'm really screwed real bad because I rolled, we got bright light and at least two of my armies have light sensitivity, so that's... One of mine does. The orcs do. Well, doesn't this not matter until we fight each other? It's still phase one. According to the rules, phase one is what we gotta do. Well, I think that's only when we actually, that's during the battle phase. We haven't entered the battle phase yet. No, 
tactics phase, range phase, melee phase. But that's all no part of that's battle phases. No movement phase. That, that's all under the battle phases. We're not in a battle yet. Until we until our armies meet each other, they're not in the battle. Before they meet each other, they're just using their speed to move across the map. Then once they collide, my assumption is that one because it never actually states when battle phase starts. But my assumption is that once they enter the same hex or they're in adjacent hexes, I'm honestly not sure. That's when you enter the battle phase. Because like, why would I do all this? I'm not gonna be in combat right. with you. Your GMs treat each period of combat between armies as one battle. The battle phases are as follows. Yeah, I suppose. So it's just we have to I make our own rules for movement. To, no, I think we're supposed to use like the overland movement rules that were in some other book. I want to kill myself. Yeah. Tell me about it. But too bad it's illegal, according to the Bible. It is. Uh, I don't know if we call it illegal. <laughs> it's a big no-no. <laughs> we might call it immoral. It's God's witches. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say it's illegal. <laughs> it's a yikes. It's a big yikes from me. You're going to get arrested if you kill we'll yourself. just go Caleb. back and forth with movements? I don't know. The, the big man himself is just going to arrest you. <laughs> You want to just go back and forth in movements then? I say we just move them all. Yeah, I guess we'll just go back and forth. So I'll have my Tengu army advance. How fast are they? They have two speed. I'll have them go two that way. <laughs> all right. I shall. Let's see. Movement speed, 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 speed. Awesome. They're all the same movement speed. Okay. Freaking jerk putting yourself behind a bridge. I see what you did here. <laughs> <laughs> I will move. Is this, am I going by Miss Pac-Man rules? If I go off the map to the left, do I come up behind the elite army commandos? <laughs> Two. All right, your turn. All right, so I'll uh, Durgars. I'm assuming you're slow. You are. I'll take a one bigger step of that way. I will my drill army here. I am having a blast. Christian. <laughs> Orc army's going to move two square. Well, ooh. Oh, one and two. There they go. There they're moving. They're trekking. My elite army commandos will hold position. Hold! Hold the line. Okay, so back to the top. My Tengus, they're marching towards your orcs. You better watch out. So one, two. They're intent on on they're on a clash course. We're gonna roll a D twenty and whoever rolls higher wins. Alright, my orc horde, we are engaged in battle, I take it. I don't know. The book never told us. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with it. We're next to each other, so I don't know if we have to move into each other's space, but I say next to each other sounds like a battle. We zoom in. All right. The orc horde is the horde that has my commander. That is strange because the Tengu army is the army that holds my commander. Seriously? Yes. All right. Tactics phase. Commanders each select a tactic their respective armies will use during the battle. Tactic. Okay. I will use Relentless Brutality. I will use Expert Flankers. So, I don't know what that means for you, but for me, Expert Flankers is I spread out and try to flank your army. I increase my OM by 2, but I decrease my DV by 2, which I realize now I didn't write down. Let me double check. Uh, Relentless Brutality for me will increase my OM by 4 and decrease my DV by 4. We're going to kill each other. <laughs> well, that is the that is hopefully the point. So special for my Tengu army as an army of rogues, because they have the sneak attack property, when I use the expert flanking, I get an additional plus one to my OM, so I'm getting, or excuse me, my OV. So I'm getting a plus three to my OV and a minus two to my DV. I have Cannibalize, which won't come into play here. That's more for upkeep. I have Ferocity. 
which means that um, even if I'm defeated or routed, I can continue to act for one more melee phase, and I get a minus four for that phase to my element DV, and I have light sensitivity, and we determined it is bright light. It's high noon. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't care how many bullets a six-chamber gun can hold. He can kill every one of our armies long <laughs> sight. It'll just take a take a good like five seconds to lock onto them all. So I reduce my OM and RV, which we assume, which we assumed was a misprint because there is no such thing as an RV. It's my <laughs> OM and DV by one. Get the Winnebago out of here. We're about to get in a fight. Okay. I also have ranged on my orc horde. Uh, I have ranged as well. Uh, to note, I also picked a boon defensive tactic, so I have plus two to my DV in general. Mine is bonus tactic, so I use Relentless Brutality because they don't have a tactic otherwise, the Orc Horde. And I picked sh- Sharpshooter, which means the army gets a plus two bonus on offense checks against armies using fortifications. We really thought there'd be fortifications because I had the same thing. <laughs> this boon has no effect if the army can't make range attacks. Okay, well, neither of us are in fortifications. So, yep. all that determined, we will now go into phase two, ranged phase so we're each just going to make a ranged attack at each other using our OM. Correct. So let's see who rolls higher and kills the other army immediately. Six. I didn't hit you. I bet. Ten. Ten does not hit my DV. My DV is six. Now, oh. <laughs> I don't think you have to. I think you have to go above it, though. Oh, no. So it's just the damage dealt is my offensive check ver- minus your defense value. So that's zero. I technically didn't know. I hit, I guess, but I didn't do any damage. My my DV is 12, so you did negative 2 damage to me. Good job. <laughs> All right, so our fews didn't do anything. Yep, so arrows flew at each other, so now we're moving into the melee phase. So during this phase, I activate all my... This is when my expert flanking goes off, so my OM is going to be increased by 3. 22. Mutually assured destruction might happen here. 23. <laughs> I think we just killed each other. All right, so I only have five hit points. I had an, a, DC, a DV of six. You got 22, so you, you really destroyed me pretty quick. You got 23. My DV at the moment is 12, so that would mean I take 11 damage. My army has 9 HP. We forgot oh, the strategy track. It won't matter. Even if I had picked defensive, which would have given me a 4 to my DV, you still would have destroyed me. All right, we'll have to do that next melee phase. All right, so you both killed each other. Yep. You you fight on for one more round, but uh, both of our armies are defeated, which means we didn't kill everybody, but we are so scattered now. Now, don't we have to roll to see if our leaders escape? Our great and glorious leaders? <laughs> our truly glorious <laughs> leaders? Uh, in fact, we do. Roll a d100? Um, that's a four. I feel like that's bad. Um, let's see. You got four. Your commander is killed. Uh, well, goodbye, uh, Terry the Tengu. I got fi- Terry the Tengu! <laughs> <laughs> I got 52, which means uh, he's captured. So... so- <laughs> So during my uh, Tengu Rogue's expert flanking, they saw your commander, put him in a headlock, and dragged him away. Oh, no. We brought him back to the kingdom of, I don't know, I have Durgar, I have Orcs, I have Tengu, I don't know what kingdom this is. My commander was a giant spider. We were just hoping that would make it so that you wouldn't be very interested in trying to capture him. Uh, so he, he is going to buckle under under uh, interrogation, let me tell you that right now. We were just hoping that you would squat him because he was gross. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you know. He's just making web. Oh, oh, he's spelling something. He's spelling something. <laughs> F. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, so that went about as expected because we have such low HP and O uh, DVs at this point. So, are we sure? Are we? Are we sure we're supposed to roll twenties with this? Yeah, because it really seems 
Yeah, almost, that's why I hate the system. It's so swinging. The modifier is almost irrelevant. Yeah. You roll very low. <laughs> it's it's almost like whoever rolls the 21st wins. Okay, well, that literally went quicker than one person's room, one person in this game. <laughs> I last moved, so it's your turn. Uh, yeah, when armies attack, each army attempts an offense check, which is 1d20 plus your OM. So we don't have to worry about morale checks because we literally killed each other. Yep. So I'm just going to start moving my armies toward you because I have literally no option. You're on the side of a bridge. You're a big jerk. What's that R? R's range. I, I just moved both my armies toward you. As you can guess, we're going to hold. For Imagine that. An ambush. So back to my turn. I'm going to move my Durgars and my orcs. And your turn. We're going to hold for an ambush. Hold for an ambush? What do you mean? Uh, not, I shouldn't use the word ambush. In other words, we're going to just wait till you come at us. Okay. I was like, (laughs) I thought you said we're not ambushing. Some advantageous terrain. Oh, wait, that's another keyword. That would have given my Tengu a big bonus if they could have ambushed. Okay. Uh, Moving toward you. I guess I'll just keep doing this. Assume you're holding? Yep. (gasps) We're just screaming at each other. (gasps) They're like 36 miles away. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) So white to the See, the tactical thing would be to be do something other than I'm doing right now, but I'm not going to. You're holding? <gasps> Sir, I'm not sure the orcs have whites in their eyes. I said don't fire these in the eye! <laughs> Why did you never attack? They, they just got big black pupils. <laughs> Didn't see any whites in their eyes. Where's Commander Spider? <gasps> they killed Commander Spider. <laughs> Come out of our dug-in positions, attack! Oh, my Durgar also have light sensitivity. That's not good. Uh, so do my orcs. Yeah, everything left has light sensitivity. So are you moving at all? Nope. Okay. Staring at each other like, you come at me. No, you go in the rain. No, you go in the rain. Okay, my turn's over. I'm going to hold. They're going to give really lewd gestures at you. The drow army. The elite army commandos. They're they're trained. They're disciplined. They're just ready. If I were patient, I would have sent the Durgar in first. I don't, I don't know if armies can occupy the same square. So, orcs, they can move two, and it's not like you invoke... Do you invoke attacks opportunities from armies? Nope. Nope. <laughs> so I'm going to move my orcs here. And oh, gonna, they outwitted us. And I'm going to move my Durgar here. All right. Elite army commando and the orc army are in battle. It's like we're Wayne's world. All right. Tactics phase. I will use... Let me see what tactics expert flankers and siege breaker isn't going to help me oh well these people don't have any tactics so i'm not going to pick any oh wait there's basic tactics aren't there that anyone could pick standard your army's attacks have no additional modifiers to omdv or damage and you also have the withdrawal tactic let's do okay <laughs> so standard tactics everybody <laughs> you remember your standard training all right so tactics phase uh pick that cool the future all right so uh, i have ranged do you have ranged yes and we shall make our range attacks. Mm, let's see who rolls a 20 this time. I have light sensitivity, so I'm taking a minus one to my stuff. 13. I roll a one, so I got a six. If I roll a one, which is bad, the army can't attempt an offense check in the next phase due to some setback and misheard order getting stuck in mud and so on. My elite army commandos are about to not show their name. <laughs> Like, you heard of us, right? We're elite. Why are they attacking well, us? They 13, didn't stop. <laughs> 13, my DV is 11, so you've done two damage to me. In the range phase. Yep, melee phase. You get to go, I do not. But why I do have why to are my... they still attacking us? We told them they're elite. Did you send the letters? Did you send the letters saying that we're elite? <laughs> uh, unsurprisingly, I will pick the defensive track. I will pick the reckless track. Therefore, basically nulling it out. So I get a plus four 
to my OM and a plus six to my damage dealt. I get a plus four to my DV, a minus four to my OM, and a minus six to my damage dealt. Seventeen. Uh, all right, my it's fifteen right now. So you've so, done two more damage. Two, but plus six because I'm reckless, so I do an additional six damage. But I re- I've really only done two damage to you because you're taking minus six damage. No, 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 that's damage dealt. Oh, not damage received. Yeah. All right. Ouch. All right. I can't do anything. So another melee phase. Uh, I'm not. So wait, between this, don't. So can't my Durgar army advance and like your Drow army move in? Uh, no, it doesn't say so. In the melee phase, uh, each army attacks on the army. Repeat the melee phase until one army is defeated or routes or some other event ends the battle. There's nothing about moving. Interesting. Weird. You would it's think. stuck. You would think that like if a battle went on for a long time, like backups would arrive. So, oh well. So. Um, so it does seem to make sense, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, tactics phase. I don't. I still don't have any tactics to pick. Uh, no, no. We're still in the melee phase. Oh, we just go go again the and again. Phase just repeats, but you can change your strategy check, your strategy track with a check. I do not want to move my strategy track. I'm going to keep it at defensive. I'm going to stay at reckless because I want. Well, actually, I've hit you twice, right? Yes, correct. Hmm. No, I'll stay reckless. They're orcs. That's what they do. Okay. Uh, we shall make our attacks. Ten. Nine. Uh, my, you did not hurt me at all. So let's see. My DV is normally with my orc army. Thirteen. It's minus one, so it's twelve when I'm in bright light. And then because I am reckless, it's minus four. So I currently have eight. So you dealt one damage to me, but minus six. Yeah, so I didn't do any damage to you. I'm going to use my healing potion. Can he do that? <laughs> J- judge... <laughs> I will not attempt an offense check this phase. Use my healing potions, and I'm going to heal a number of hit points equal to twice my ACR, which is three. So I'm going to heal six hit points. You're, you make your melee attacks. Oh, and again, you can change your strategy track. If you All right. Uh, nope, not going to change it. I'm going to swing again and hope I roll high on the d20 at a reckless reckless abandon. 14. Uh, my DV is 15. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Next melee attack. I'm going to keep the same strategy track. I'm going to keep the same strategy track. And a three. And a seven. This this armies are bad, man. (laughs) At least now we're not killing each other instantly. Uh, (laughs) Okay, next melee phase. I'm not changing nothing. I'm going to change one step. I'm going to go from defensive to cautious, so now my DV is going to go down by two, and my OM is going to go up by two, and my damage dealt is minus three now. Eleven. 14. Uh, you did not get past my DV of 13. So my DV right now is still 8. So that's 6 damage minus 3. So 3 damage. Okay, Orc Army has taken 3 damage. Now, note, remember when you are at... Uh, let's, let's, let's yeah, I know, they could. The route rules. Alright, Christian, wow. Alright, let's <laughs> just... Maybe we can have a morale check right here. Hit points are reduced to equal or less than its ACR, which neither of us have reached yet, I believe. Is that correct? Nope. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not low enough to make that check. Another melee attack. I will not change my strategy track. Neither will I. 14. My DV is 13, so you you do one damage. Plus six. Seven damage. Ouch. I had nine. So you have to make your check. I have taken no damage from you because you beat my DV by one, but I'm... You're dealing three less damage, I think. I am. Uh, I do not need to make my check. I'm at HP five. My ACR is three. Okay. Okay. I will uh, go ahead and drink my other potion. I will try to butcher you. 20. I'm also going to change my strategy track to defensive. Okay. 20. Ouch. So my DV is now 15. So you've done five 
plus six, right? Yeah. So I had exactly eleven health left. So you've 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 defeated me. This eight hundred XP elite army commando is defeated by a four hundred XP six hundred. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dead. But, but what about the rain? They say as they were ready to ambush you in the rain. I uh, cannibalize. I activate my cannibalize ability. Uh, I don't think that's the way that works. I'd like this to use my cannibalize ability, GM, please. This isn't uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> what what race are your elite army commandos? Because I'm eating them. Is it technically cannibalism? Uh, if you're going to eat them in the middle of battle, I feel like that's a poor strategic decision. And they're humans. <laughs> uh all right, so I guess we're back to the overmap phase. Yep. And we got to try and break down this freaking defensive barrier, and our leader, that new sharpshooter, is dead. <laughs> and it's over oh, uh, this phase that Christian, he made up that name. There is no phase for this, no name for this phase. We're making up this phase because rules don't tell you. I mean, I captured your commander. Can I convert him? Can I mind control to be my commander and can take the sharpshooter? Mi- I don't know, Christian. Can you? Do you think you can convert my spider boy? <laughs> do you think you can mind control my spider boy? I'd <laughs> like to see you try. Honestly, <laughs> I, I have orcs. They're they're uh, mm-hmm. persuasive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I will hold. Hmm. So again, this is going to be something the rules don't really cover. So I'm going to start moving toward there. My Durgars. And my orcs are going to start closing in on this fortification. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold. Uh, so orcs are going to move one, two, and Durgar are going to move one. I'm trying to converge on you. I'm having them both move at the same time. Now what happens? Well, it does say that if you're in combat with multiple armies, you pick which one you attack. Yeah, that's correct. All right, so they're both converging. Tactics phase. Pick your tactic. Either of my... Standard. Everybody. Together. Standard! Ah! I have light sensitivity, so I need to reduce some crap. <laughs> I love how all of our armies are fighting blind. Uh, Shouldn't like, we roll every combat? Isn't every combat like a day? Uh, that's a good question. Let me take a look. It does say here. Yep, for example, battle on a muddy field after a rink take place over hours and involves several short breaks during over hours. Yeah, well, let's not change things at the end here. Okay. But you're right. Uh, so my drought army, let's see. I mean, we, we all have light sensitivity, so why don't we just use our normal stats? Because we have... Christian rules is written. <laughs> Reduce your, your OM and RV by one. Fine. I want that RV down. <laughs> Dirty fighters. For one melee phase this battle, its OM increases by six. And then I have dark vision, which is irrelevant here. Poison and spell resistance. Let's go ahead and take a look at what poison you have poison resistance or you have poison? Poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, poison. Oh. This functions as bleed. Okay, let's go to bleed. They all of them do that so annoying. Bleed, bleed means functions as burn. No, that'd be great. You go around like <laughs> nine times. Everything is actually just one. <laughs> it's all just one. And somehow that leads to amphibious. It's weird how that works. <laughs> when you deal damage in melee, that army takes 1d6 damage at the start of their next phase. The Tengu had that, but they killed you immediately, so it didn't get to do anything. Okay, well, uh, all my things have been considered. Ranged phase. So which army are you attacking with? Both. I'm going to have to go after these uh, Dury boys. No, I'm going to go after the orc army since I know they got hurt before. So you have, do I have to consider anything from your dirty fighting or anything or are my stats all calculated? I, okay? I don't change your stats except I am in, in a fortification. So your DV is just higher. So ranged attacks a go. 12 and 9. Uh, my DV is 18. Yeah, this isn't... I need to roll a 20 to do anything to you. All right, so I'm attacking your orcs with a 12. Orc army DV is 12. No damage. Okay, melee phase. 
I shall use my dirty fighting to get an advantage on my first melee attack. I'm also going to use the standard strategy track. I'm going to have both armies use the reckless track. So, uh, let me attack you. Here we go. Because they're angrier in these walls. 21 to your orc army. <laughs> well, 8 and 8 doesn't hit. Uh, 21 to the orcs. Their DV at the moment is super low. It is a 8. So I would take 13 damage, and that would kill the orc army. But they have ferocity. Which states? If they are defeated or routed, they fight one more melee phase at a minus 4 to their OM and their DV. Okay. Next melee phase. I will stick with standard, and I will uh, attack your Duragar army, obviously. I'm going to stick with Reckless, because it's my only chance. The orc army gets a 1. They died sooner than expected. <laughs> well, they can't attack next phase. Their corpses have to just sit there. 12 to your Duragar army. 16, I just don't think hits you yet. And the 16 does not hit me, no. Their DV at the moment is 10. Two points of damage. So, they are okay. They don't have to check for routing yet. Uh, fun fact, Durgar are immune to poison. Dag nabbit! And it's not a fun fact. I want to consider it fun. <laughs> next melee phase. Oh, I got a one. Hey, I can't attack next phase. I rolled a natural one. We both rolled a one. All right, so next phase, neither of us can attack. We all <laughs> we're all just like, staring what? at each other angrily. <laughs> wait, wait, th this, this spider heart, we're, we're really upset. We, we just found out. They captured spider commander? What? <laughs> What? They're all just, their hands are in their heads, very worried. That's I why they couldn't attack this round. Like, the door guard just all looked down at the poison, were like, what are you thinking? And then the drow all looked at the wall that we're trying to climb up, was like, what are you thinking? Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Next melee phase. 22. Oh, nine. Oh, uh, 22 hits me. Okay, I'm dealing plus six damage. So that's 10. I only have three HP, so I am defeated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a fun game of who can roll over a 16 first. Uh, well, Christian, I only have one question for you. Okay. Was it, though? 